The Oracle Network. I'm Paige, the host of Reverie True Crime. I tell stories of helpless victims, vicious killers, predators watching their prey before they strike, survivors, petty crimes, people we think we know who do the unthinkable, and the dangers that lurk not only in the dead of night, but in plain sight and the light of day. Every once in a while, I'll also tell stories of the frightening paranormal, elusive cryptids, haunted locations, and conspiracies that may be silly or thought-provoking. You can listen to Reverie True Crime wherever you're listening to this podcast. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Reverie Crime Pod. Facebook, Instagram, and even Tumblr at Reverie True Crime. Remember, stay safe, be aware of your surroundings at all times, and take care. Hello, and welcome back to True Crime Cat Lawyer. I'm your host, Elise, joined by my co-host, Winston the Cat. Every other week, Winston and I will bring you a new story about a murder, disappearance, or serial killer with a special focus on cases from our hometown, the Pacific Northwest. Just a reminder, this podcast contains content of a graphic nature that might not be suitable for all listeners, including descriptions of violence, sexual assault, and crimes against animals and children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the show. We hope everyone had a safe and fun Halloween. Before we get started, we have a few housekeeping items. First, since this is the month of giving thanks, Winston and I want to thank all of our listeners and supporters, and a special thank you to our crazy cat person patrons on Patreon. We can't thank you guys enough, and we're so lucky to have such wonderful supporters. Our second item of business is an exciting one. We just launched our TCCL merch store. Winston and I are super excited to bring you t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs so you can support the show. The link to the store will be in our show notes. Also, if you want to get 15% off your order, head over to our Facebook page, click on the groups tab, and join our discussion group. There's an exclusive promo code waiting for you there. Just a reminder, we only have one episode coming out in November because of the Thanksgiving holiday. We're taking a little break to enjoy some delicious Thanksgiving food, but we'll be back in December with three brand new episodes to close out 2021. If you need a little TCCL fix to get you through the holiday, head over to our Patreon and join one of our available tiers. You'll receive instant access to our backlog of episodes since April, plus a shout out on social media and other TCCL goodies, depending on what level you join. You will also get access to the promo code for our merch store when you join. 
The link for our Patreon page can be found in the show notes. Okay, now that we've covered all that, let's get started with today's episode. Today's case takes us to Idaho, specifically Letter at the Timber Creek Campground. It's been six years since anyone has seen little Dior Coons Jr. What happened to baby Dior? I didn't know very much about this case before I started researching for this episode, but as I read through articles and 911 transcripts, I quickly discovered just how messy this case is. So let's start at the beginning. Baby Dior was born on December 30th, 2012 in Idaho Falls to parents Jessica Mitchell and Vernal Dior Coons. They were high school sweethearts that had recently rekindled their relationship after both ended failed marriages. Jessica was a CNA and worked as an in-home caregiver for her grandfather, Robert Walton. Dior was described as a vivacious, fun-loving, curious little boy. If you Google pictures of Dior, he has the sweetest baby cherub face, and he really looks like a happy little boy. So let's fast forward to July 2015. Dior was about two and a half years old at this time. On July 9th, Dior's parents, Jessica and Vernal, baby Dior, his great-grandpa Bob Walton, and family friend Isaac made the sudden and unexpected decision to take a camping-slash-fishing trip. The family drove 120 miles, which was about a two-and-a-half-hour drive northwest from Idaho Falls, to a remote campground. According to Isaac, Bob arrived at the campsite first, and then everyone else arrived. It was almost dark by the time everyone got settled at the campsite. The next morning, everyone had breakfast together before Isaac split off from the group to go fishing, and Dior and his parents went to Stage Stop Junction to get diesel for Vernal's truck. Jessica, baby Dior, and Vernal returned to the campsite around 1.15 p.m. Isaac decided he wanted to show Jessica and Vernal this fishing spot he'd found about 300 to 400 yards from where they were camping. Jessica asked little Dior if he wanted to come with them or if he wanted to stay with his great-grandpa Bob. Baby Dior ran back towards Bob's trailer, so Jessica assumed he was going to stay there and asked Bob to keep an eye on him. But sometime between 2.20 and 2.40 p.m., Baby Dior disappeared from the Timber Creek campground. Unbeknownst to Jessica and Vernal, little Dior actually ended up following his parents down to the creek, and Bob, the great-grandpa, assumed that the parents knew Dior was following them to go fishing, so no one was actually watching Dior when he went missing. Jessica, Vernal, and Isaac returned to the campsite and realized Dior wasn't there. The four adults started searching for Dior, thinking he just wandered off close to the campsite. But after about 20 minutes of searching, they quickly realized it was more serious than that. At around 2.30 p.m., Jessica and Vernal each made separate calls to 911. Operator, what's the address of your emergency? Jessica, I'm actually camping in Letter, just outside Letter. My two-year-old son... We can't find him. Operator, how long has he been missing? Jessica, about an hour. Operator, an hour? Jessica, yes. Operator, are you by water? Jessica, yes. Operator, do you know which campground you're in? Jessica, it's Stone Reservoir, Timber Creek. Operator, Stone Reservoir? Jessica, yes, or Timber Creek. Operator, hold on. We need search and rescue. Jessica? Jessica? Jessica, yes. Operator, what's your son's name? Jessica, Dior. Operator, okay, what was he wearing? Jessica, he was wearing cowboy boots, a blue pair of like pajama pants, and a camo jacket, and he's got shaggy blonde hair. Operator, is your husband calling too? Jessica, inaudible. Like, 
all down where we're camping at and we can't find him at all. Operator. Okay, we need you to stay within self-service. We have people going on the way. Jessica. Thank you. So Jessica's 911 call was about four minutes long. According to investigators, Jessica was, quote, seemingly vacant of the emotion we might expect from a parent who has just lost their child, end quote. And I actually listened to the 911 call, and Jessica didn't sound panicked or frantic. Not exactly what you'd expect from a mother who can't find her little boy. Also interesting, Jessica called her mom before she called 911. And Jessica's mom said that Jessica was panicked during that phone call. So what changed just a few minutes later? Search crews arrived in the early afternoon slash evening hours to comb the campground in search of baby Dior. The family was worried that Dior had been taken by an animal. Unfortunately, there was no sign of Dior, no blood, no clothing, and even more puzzling, two scent tracking dogs identified no scent of Dior being at the campsite. The family's vehicles, camper, and tents were all searched. Searches continued through July 12th. Over 200 volunteers came out to help investigators search for any clues as to what happened to Dior. On July 13th, Jessica and Bernal gave their only public interview. During this interview, Jessica and Bernal appeared to be grieving parents. Bernal was crying, and Jessica wasn't, but she did have a kind of blank stare off into space. Here's some key statements from that interview. Quote, we're looking for you, son, and we will find you. We love you more than anything in the world. If somebody has him, please don't hurt him. Just bring him home safely where he belongs. End quote. Quote, as his father, I believe, and a lot of people agree with me, that he is no longer up the mountain anymore. End quote. Candlelight vigil was held later that night. Dive crews searched the creek and the stone reservoir on July 14th and 15th. There was absolutely no sign of little Dior anywhere. Meanwhile, while teams of searchers used sonar, horseback, and whatever else they could to try and find Dior, Jessica and Bernal continued camping at Timber Creek until July 18th. Given the short window of opportunity, investigators came to believe that it was unlikely a stranger had abducted Dior. On September 10th, 2015, two months after Dior went missing, the parents issued another statement, quote, please keep your eyes out for our precious baby boy. We miss him so much and just want him home where he belongs. If you have our son, please don't hurt him. Just bring him home to us. We love you so much, little man. Thank you to everyone for your loving words and kindness, end quote. In 2016, Jessica and Bernal were named as suspects in the disappearance of baby Dior. Police stated that there were several inconsistencies in their statements and both parents had failed multiple polygraphs. The Lemhi County Sheriff even said, quote, I believe Dior's parents are hiding something. There is no doubt in my mind. We gave them every opportunity to explain if it was an accident of some kind, and they haven't, end quote. In January 2016, Isaac gave his first recorded interview. Isaac said he didn't know Jessica, Vernal, or baby Dior prior to that camping trip. He refused to comment on the last time he saw Dior, but he said the baby was at the campground. Isaac denied any involvement in the disappearance, and he stated he wasn't supposed to disclose any information. Later that year, Klein Investigation and Consulting released a statement regarding the findings of their investigation. Quote, 
In November 2015, Line Investigation accepted the case of the missing child, Dior Coons Jr., who went missing from a campground near Letter, Idaho in July of 2015. There has been much speculation by the public, family members, and the press regarding this child's disappearance. Today, we announced to the public and media the closing of Phase 3 of our case and our conclusions to date. End quote. And here are the conclusions they shared. 1. There was no evidence that Dior was taken by an animal. 2. There was no evidence that a forced or unforced abduction took place. 3. There was evidence that a homicide had occurred, either by accident or intentional means. 4. Vernal Coons, Dior's father, was deceptive and failed five polygraph tests. He also told six different stories to investigators. 5. Jessica Mitchell, Dior's mom, was also deceptive, and she failed four polygraph tests and told five different stories to investigators. 6. Bob Walton, Dior's great-grandpa, was also deceptive and told two different stories to investigators. His polygraph results were inconclusive, but Bob was deemed a person of interest or witness in a homicide either by accident or intentional means. 7. Isaac was truthful and told the same story four times, although he did leave out some details in one of his stories, but this didn't appear to be significant to the investigators. Isaac was also deemed a person of interest or witness in a homicide either by accident or intentional means. Klein's firm also completed a cell phone impact study looking at the pings from everyone's cell phones. This study determined that, quote, Vernal Kunz's testimony was fabricated. It was determined that Vernal's testimony that he drove one and a half miles to get a cell signal wasn't truthful, end quote. Klein and his investigators felt Dior's parents were, quote, deceptive with the intent to cover up a crime, end quote. The report stated that Klein's investigators were unable to find any witnesses who saw Dior at the campsite either on July 9th or July 10th. Robert Walton, Dior's great-grandpa, died in June 2019. Whatever information he may have had about the case died with him. In October of 2019, Vernal Coons filed a lawsuit against Klein's investigation firm. Vernal alleged breach of contract, infliction of emotional distress, libel, slander, and fraud. These claims were based on statements made to the public about Dior's parents providing inconsistent statements and failing polygraphs, which was already known to the police and the public from the report released in 2016. Philip Klein was fired by Dior's parents after providing the report I mentioned, which stated that Jessica and Vernal were the primary suspects in the disappearance of their son. Vernal's lawsuit was eventually dismissed after the court found no wrongdoing on the part of Klein or his company. Phil Klein made the following statement after the lawsuit was dismissed. Quote, we have said since day one that this case was not only frivolous, but a discovery hunt to prepare for a criminal defense. We, the investigators in this case, stand next to our opinions and conclusions based upon our investigation and the law enforcement investigation that not only is Vernal Coons a person of interest, but a suspect in the disappearance of Dior Coons Jr., end quote. Klein made similar statements about Jessica as well. He then stated, quote, we want to remind the public that both parties have changed their stories and have been named by law enforcement as not only persons of interest, but suspects in this case. 
They have failed polygraph tests and sadly have lied to you, the public, saying that the results were inconclusive, which is simply not true. We call upon both Coons and Mitchell to end this fiasco and step up, man up, and tell the dedicated law enforcement agents the truth. What we have seen by both parties in the media has been nothing but a sickening example of deflection of an event that, in our opinion, was most probably an accident and cover-up. And let's all remember, there is a little boy that's missing. He deserves to come home and have a proper burial. We hope and pray an end comes soon in this case. End quote. Sometime after Dior's disappearance, Jessica and Bernal broke off their engagement. They quickly started pointing fingers at one another, which is probably why there have been so many discrepancies and differences in their stories over the years. It seems like they have become more interested in deflecting the public eye off of themselves rather than keeping the focus on baby Dior. Prior to their breakup, Jessica and Bernal were evicted from their apartment for failure to pay rent. Police quickly got in touch with the landlord who gave them access to the apartment. In other words, they got permission from the landlord so they wouldn't have to get a search warrant or permission from the family. So when investigators searched the apartment, they found Dior's missing camo jacket and several toy cars that Jessica and Renal said Dior had with him when he went missing. All of these things were supposedly with Dior, so why did his parents have them in their apartment? Needless to say, this didn't take any suspicion off of the parents. Some additional properties belonging to the family have been searched, but police haven't disclosed what properties, who they belong to, or if anything has been found. Investigators believe that Dior was killed, either intentionally or accidentally, and his parents know where his body is. Both parents have denied murdering Dior, and they've denied that an accident took place. They adamantly deny any involvement in their son's disappearance. Although foul play is suspected, neither Jessica nor Vernal have ever been arrested or charged in the disappearance of baby Dior. It's important to note that the most failed questions on Jessica and Vernal's polygraphs surrounded whether they had knowledge of where Dior's body is and or general knowledge regarding Dior's disappearance. In June 2019, a bone was found at the Timber Creek campground. It turned out to be an animal bone and wasn't connected in any way to Dior's disappearance. And unfortunately, that's where the case stands today. There has been minimal evidence recovered and no charges or arrests have been made. If you or someone you know has any information on the disappearance of Dior Coons Jr., please contact the Lemhi County Sheriff's Office at 208-756-8980.